Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Rule Scroggins Family Law Podcast Series. I'm here, I'm Nick Augustine, and I'm here with Mark Scroggin, and this program features Texas Board Certified Attorneys Kaylee Rule and Mark Scroggin to share information and issues about uh, that affect Texas families and divorce and uh, family law. Um, today, our topic is preserving your share of the assets and your sanity, especially during the holidays. A few of the topics that we're going to cover today are making decisions, very important decisions about attending holiday parties during a divorce, knowing who's going to be there, what you might expect. These are all good things to have planned out. Um, also, how to prepare your kids when you just don't know what other people might say. Also, what, about, what happens when you find out that your spouse has been spending money on somebody else? Again, who knows what can come up at holiday parties and we might find out. But it's a, a significant problem in divorce when there's wasting of the marital estate. And then we'll talk about that process for reconstructing the marital estate after assets are wasted. Again, I'm here with board-certified and family law attorney Mark Scroggins. He's an aggressive and experienced trial attorney with a sound understanding of business matters that serves him very well in family law. He's an accomplished speaker and author. Mr. Scroggins has practiced family law throughout the state of Texas for over 20 years. He has written about family law matters for Texas Lawyer Magazine and numerous other periodicals, and has spoken before numerous organizations and corporate clients. Uh, again, this is a, our podcast is a 30-minute show, and any information contained on this program is... Uh, certainly uh, protected copyrighted information. Listening to this program does not create an attorney-client relationship. And for any more information, please call Rule Scroggins directly to speak to an attorney by dialing area code 214-578-0941. Again, that's 214-578-0941. Again, all broad- rights this broadcast are reserved. It's time to say good afternoon to Mark Scroggins. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, happy that it is uh, good weather. We're enjoying the good weather now before uh, we dip into a freeze and it kills off all the varmints and critters. So always have a positive outlook on it, right? Hey, it can't be bad if it's late November and it's uh, convertible weather. So I'm always a fan At- of that. Yes, I'm never going to complain about that. And I want to say, I want to <laughs> ask you how your Thanksgiving was. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. Very uh, low-key. You know, hopeful now that... The University of Texas has a uh, has a football coach that might know how to win uh, more than five games. So uh, you know, we'll look forward to <laughs> see what product they put on the field next year. Hey, how about you? That's a, your- that's a that's a positive thing. I'm you know I'm, I'm I've always been a loyal Cowboys fan. Of course, I'm happy about that. My Aggies are doing okay, but and you know it's uh, here and there. But uh, a local uh, high school football team is going to state. They're 13 and 0, so that's always good. And I'm happy to report that I had a successful Thanksgiving dinner with a politically divided table, and no one brought up anything other than food, family fun, frolic, and everything else. We didn't talk about anything bad, and it was great. And, I, and here's my comment on this to people. I said, I said to my friend, I said, do you realize if we had all people of the same political persuasion at this table, we would have just been going on and on and on the whole time, but having mixed company provided for a good Thanksgiving. You know what? That is really good. I'm not uh, – I. <laughs> 
I, I tend to believe that you are probably the exception rather than the rule on that. <laughs> but I think that is fantastic that you were able to pull it off. Right, right. Well, we also make sure that we eat early, and uh, you know, we try to do it at noon or one o'clock before people have a chance to start drinking too much, and uh, everyone brings their own, you know, things of food, and then, you know, so it, it, I was happy that it was pulled off well because I saw all this stuff online about how to go to Thanksgiving dinner, especially after this elections, when people are so riled up. But you know, when we think about the holidays and you know, things that precede holiday scenes and that get people all riled up. Uh, you know, we tend to think about uh, what happens when people are going different ways. Families are moving on and changing. Uh, you know, we think we see a lot of families now when kids are older and growing up and going to college that uh, mom and dad decide, hey, it's time to change directions on thing. Or maybe it's young families. There's all sorts of families in all stages of conflict. And holidays are always challenging. And, um, you know, especially, you know, right now with this election season, money, economy, things like that have been things discussed among people. So we have kind of a hybrid show today talking about how to get ready for the holidays, being prepared for in-laws, outlaws, good, bad, you know, pretty and ugly, all that. And also what happens when we find out that possibly so-and-so has been cheating on you. And uh, while they've been telling you that, you know, sales have just been low, they're actually spending money taking the uh, the other uh, person, the paramour, if you will, out to uh, fancy dinners and on little trips you're not finding out about. So, you know, all sorts of interesting things that can plague us over the holidays, but we will get off, we will get through it. And uh, let's first just talk about, Mark, your tips on making good decisions about attending those holiday parties when you're going through divorce. We don't, people might say, do I go? Do I not go? If I don't go, they're all going to talk about me. If I do go, they're going to talk about me in the other room. Might as well just be there. And then do I bring the kids? So many things to consider. Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff to uh, there's a whole lot of stuff to think about in that regard. I mean, you know, the first first and foremost is always remember, you know, you never have to put yourself in harm's way, and uh, that doesn't mean just physical harm, but that means emotional harm as well. So, you know, let's say if you are going to go to a holiday party and your spouse and all of his or her compadres are going to be there, uh, and you are going to feel uncomfortable. You don't have to go. Uh, if you do go, don't drink too much. Uh, you know, the last thing you need is to create witnesses that are going to say that, oh, my God, he or she was there and she was lit or he was lit and, you know, they were acting like a jackass and, you know, just creating ammunition for the other side. So those are my two biggest things. But, you know, knowing, you know, knowing who's going to be there and what the situation is going to be is the the very first and foremost thing to think about there because uh there's there's just no reason to put yourself in a in an uncomfortable situation going through a divorce whether you want it or not is uh you know is not comfortable so uh no reason to create added stress by forcing yourself to go to something that you really don't want to go to uh or feel very uncomfortable because you know that say your your husband's best friend and you know his poker playing buddies or his golf and gambling buddies are going to be there and you don't want to you know you don't want to subject yourself to that 
You know, it also might be, you know, <clears throat> fun to, well, not fun is not the right word, but among people around you who are safe people, have a, like a code word. You know, it's kind of like when people say, if a if a date's not going well, you know, they'll text someone and, oh, call me and distract me. Uh, you know, if things get right. brought up, whisk the person away to another room and kind of like secret service at holiday parties. Yeah, there's something to that. I mean, having somebody call to check in um, is never a bad idea. Um, you know, just, uh, to give you an out. <laughs> so that is, that is never a bad idea. Never, right, ever absolutely. a bad idea. Now, when we go to these, you know, a lot of times there's people who might not know the situation. Um, you, you know, I mean, we don't know who's going to be at holiday parties. It's not, people not might even, might not even have a full guest list of who's going to be there. So, um, I mean, what are some things that people can say if it gets brought up from someone who just has no idea and thinks that everything is still status quo and the happy family they always thought it was and the happy postcards and everything from Christmas has passed? Well, I mean, that's the first thing for you to uh, to consider is, I mean, do you do you want to call? How bad do you want to go to this party? First of all, okay, how badly do you want to go? And then, if you go, are you, you know? Are you willing to tell someone that, hey, yeah, we're we're getting divorced? Do you want uh, that stuff to play out? Uh, what? How are you and your spouse getting along? I mean, is this an amicable divorce, or is it one that is going to be highly litigated? You know, and y'all just assume throw boiling water on each other. So there's just a there are a whole lot of different variables. But I mean, you know, when in doubt, you know pause and and talk to uh you know talk to somebody else that you know that's going going to the party and think about you know let the things play out in your head i mean i personally don't think i would want to go to a christmas party if i you know was felt like i was going to have to be discussing my pending divorce with you know everybody there you know that that's just not the type of additional pressure you need to place on yourself. It's just All right, right. And, you know, good. and like like you said, even though people might know not to bring it up and it's not to be discussed, <clears throat> you just never know who's going to be there. And now another wrinkle in this here is children. And I've heard from people before, you know, I don't want to go, but I know that, you know, my boy wants to see, you know, his cousins and – if he doesn't, that's going to be a, a thing, too. So, and you know, that's another thing, too, because kids might be at different levels of awareness and knowledge about the divorce. They may not even know that there's a divorce going on. But, uh, you know, Aunt Sue told, you know, her son, and so uh, the cousins, you know, talk. And uh, so what are some considerations uh, and things that people tell kids and how they deal with that? Well, is it your family or is it her family? You know, uh, I would say that's the question. If it's your family, I really wouldn't be that concerned about it unless they all think, you know, that you're, uh, uh, you know, not the person that should have possession of the kids. Then I wouldn't worry about it too much. You know, there's going to be ample time for uh, each of y'all to spend spend with your kids and letting your kids, you know, see – their respective sides of the family. So, I mean, that's just not something to uh, to allow yourself to 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 get uh, all wrapped up. Right. You know, a, when we think about, we're initially told not to discuss 
the divorce of children, and um, it just mm-hmm. kind of begs the question when holidays are involved and the kids are involved too. Um, any other tips on holidays and doing gift exchanges or this and that uh, among people in blended families and how uh, some general tips on uh, having a happy holidays? Yeah, I mean, let me go through a couple of those things. And I mean, so much of this, it, it's hard to, you know, just give kind of general general advice on some of this because it really it really depends on where you are in the divorce proceedings and what uh, type of relationship you and your soon-to-be former spouse have. Uh, you know, if the if let's say that it's amicable, but y'all are living in different, you know, different places. Well, you know, the kids know what's going on. So I would hope that you would have, you know, had a discussion to let them know that, hey, mom and dad love you, but we're getting a divorce and, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with you, blah, 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 blah. So then, you know, the kids can have their Christmas with mom and they can have their Christmas with dad too. And you can then take that and expand it to see the other, um, you know, their respective sides of the family. And hopefully that is something that the parents can agree on. Uh, If it is not, that is why you hire lawyers to make sure that you have possession of the kids, you know, over the holidays. Uh, You know, and it might be one where, you know, mom or dad has a drinking or drug problem and they've been around the kids, you know, when they've been, you know, all lit up and, and stuff, and you don't want the kids to be around that. Well, that's when you need to get that in front of a court if they're not going to be agreeable to, you know, not, you know, not not being around them in that, that fashion. They haven't cut, cut anything off. I mean, these are all very touchy subjects, and, um, you know, and so much of it is dependent upon the relationship between between the parties and how far along things are in divorce. Now, the other thing I would strongly suggest to people is, hey, if you're thinking about getting a divorce, that's fine, but get through the holidays first. There isn't any reason that, uh, unless you just can't, you know, if there's physical violence involved or there is, you know, some sort of emotional abuse that is really um, bad on you or bad on the kids, then by all means, you need to do, do what you need to do. But if it is not kind of an emergency situation like that get past the holidays you know get get past christmas and and then call a lawyer you know because what you don't want to do and once again this is just my opinion you know it's like elbows and other things that everybody has okay so do with it what you want but uh but the issue is you don't want a child to have a memory of a holiday that is forever intertwined with when my parents got divorced, you know? Right, and that holiday they hate forever. Right. So it's always just, you know, it's a bad memory. It's something that is always tied to, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. So wait till January 2nd or January 3rd when little Johnny is back in school and then, you know, make a beeline to your lawyer's office. Now, you know, Making a call, doing some research before then, absolutely a fantastic idea. Get everything set up so it's ready to go. Excellent. Do that. But, you know, don't, uh, you know, if you can avoid having a, having that kind of a blow up around the holidays, it is always going to be better because 
Otherwise, you're really asking for that to be brought up every single year, not to mention how difficult you will be making it on yourself of, boy, I sure love the holidays, but I remember this is when I had to divorce that SOB. And, you right. Know, yeah. and so well, January is a great time. January is the one – I mean, I don't know about you, but I have always hated January. I thought just stupid months. You know, and if you're not out on vacation, get something done, work on taxes, work on getting divorced, work on cleaning out your garage, you know, anything to get through January because February is a short month, and then we're sailing towards spring. But, uh, yeah, I agree with waiting to get through the holidays if you can. Um, you know, and, I, and I've heard a lot of people, too, at holiday parties, uh, you know, it seems like people who know they're going to get divorced, other people seem to know that they're in on it, too. And right. <clears throat> Sometimes, and that may be like a close friend or a sibling or someone, and they may also be keeping an eye on uh, on so-and-so and thinking about it and observing, you know, because people might say, you know, am I crazy? Or, you know, is anyone else seeing what I'm seeing? Or, you know, am I just – because people have a tendency to self-doubt and <clears throat> look for others to validate or tell them no. Uh, you know, so really so many different ways to approach it. And, again, I, I'd say to anyone who's – thinking that they're going to do this and go and get divorced, you know, whether they choose to have to do it now or after, you know, talk to your divorce attorney and kind of look at what you're – call them now. See what you're up against and um, see how to run a ride through it and just be more – the more comfortable people are with that decision. Uh, and I think for some people it takes them a few times to get divorced. I've heard of so many times that people have – filed once and then they reconciled they filed a second time wrecked it third time they finally went through with it um but anyhow let's shift to a more spicy and dicey topic um of the concept of wasting assets in the marital estate again holiday parties are a great time for people to uh, leak information and you just never know what you're going to find <laughs> out because someone said oh yeah i saw bob's pictures on facebook from this or that or instagram and you know, do what? Where where Bob going? What's you know? And uh, you know, I was. It's like the, the the that movie, The Great Outdoors, when the husband tells the wife, he says, "No, honey, I lost my seat on the exchange several years ago. I've been fetching coffee. Uh, the the Mercedes is leased. The Rolexes are fake. We're flat broke. We're busted. We have no money." Um, you know, right. there's all sorts of things and surprises. And uh, when divorce is coming up, and you're not divorced yet, or you're already in divorce process. Spending marital estate, community, estate money on another person can be a real bad problem. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, holiday parties can be a great place when, you know, people uh, get a little liquored up and, you know, information starts flowing. It can be a great information gathering situation there, although it's, uh, you know, not always the the most comfortable situation. Uh, Now, when we start talking about, um, you know, finding out about a paramour and reconstituting the marital estate, that is a, uh, you know, that is also a, a very big deal, and it can be, you know, uh, bring a lot of emotional heartbreak. I mean, if you've got, uh, you know, if you're in a marriage and, you know, you've got a spouse, and it doesn't have to mean that they travel all the time, but you see that a lot in, in those situations, you know, and they're posting different stuff, and there's work stuff, and you're, you know, you're seeing things online that look a little, you know, uh, these two folks look a little too chummy. You know, you might want to start looking at the finances and see if certain things just aren't adding up. You know, your uh, your wife makes a, a whole lot of, you know, makes a whole lot of money, but it 
never seems that uh, you know much of it hits the bank account. You probably have got some questions on where's the money is going. You know, and that could be that uh, they've just got it in another account sitting there. It could be you know that they're spending on on trips with a with a paramour. So. There are a number of different ways that can be discovered, but once you find out, you know, that there's a bunch of money that's been spent on a paramour, you bring up a very good thing to talk about, and that is the the reconstituting of the marital estate. And and what that means is that if you can prove that your spouse has spent, uh, you know, a, a substantial sum of money on, you know, their boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, then you can ask the court to reconstitute the marital estate by adding the, that money back into the uh, back into the estate to create a different number. It's really kind of what I would refer to as a a legal fiction. So let's look at it this way. Let's say you've got two hundred thousand. The the couple's assets are two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. They find out that. The husband Bob has, you know, Bob's been whining and dining this gal on the East Coast when he's traveling back there doing consulting stuff. Okay, and they find out that he spent fifty thousand dollars. He's helped with her, uh, oh, her school loans, and he's helped with her apartment, and he's, you know, they've taken trips and all this stuff. So you're able to find fifty thousand dollars of wasted community assets. Okay, this fifty thousand dollars has already been spent. Okay, so you can't go out and get it, but the court can reconstitute the marital estate. And the way they do that is if you've proved up that $50,000, the court then can make a determination and add that 50000 onto that other $200,000 in assets. So it creates a legal fiction, so to speak, of a marital estate that is $250,000, okay? So let's say, just for ease of purpose here, that the court decided to make a division that was a 50-50 division of the marital estate, okay? So that would be 125000 going to each party, right? So 125000 goes to the wife, but Bob, since he was the bad actor there, gets that 50000 of the reconstituted estate, um, deducted from his portion of the marital estate. So that means the way that ends up being divided is 125 to wife, 75 to Bob. So that's what can happen. So if you are having an affair, don't go spending a bunch of money until you get done getting divorced. Then you can spend money on whatever the hell you want to spend it on. But doing it right now, you know, when you're married and doing all that, you are just going to put yourself in a terrible hole. So that is that is just not a good idea. And, uh, you know, people figure these things out. Things get traced. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, – you know, there are lots of people that think, oh, well, I'm so smart. I will never get caught. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that happens occasionally, but it is rare. You know? It's until, it it's is, until you have a, a tenacious, frothing at the mouth, eating, uh, you know, raw meat for breakfast, third-year law student law clerk like I was in a, a family law firm told that, Wife believes that X amount of assets have been spent here and there, and she has some ideas. Now, you go through the bank statements, you know, and you 
find it. And I mean, I remember a time that I had, I mean, we now have a lot of forensic accountants and people in computer programs and all sorts of interesting things to find the money. But in the, in the old days, back before the 2000s, uh, you know, um, it was it was done manually and, and you know big long charts and find it and it's it's funny when you learn to look for the even dollar amounts and people money moving moving money around accounts and you know your wife or your husband might not see it but other people are maybe onto you um, some other tips or thoughts on the people who think that you know someone might be taking money away and uh, money may be going somewhere else might be not having control or access to the financial records, the financial statements. Or in one case, I had a thing where the, all the bank statements and account statements were going to a P.O. box by the husband's work and not going to the family home. Some of these things may be uh, red flags. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I mean, typically you're going to be able to find stuff out. I mean, because let's say that um, – Let's say the husband is, is making half a million a year, okay? Um, most of the time now, people have money direct deposited into their account, okay? Now, you can have different amounts direct deposited into different accounts. So mm -hmm. when you do discovery or if you um, – I'm sorry about that. When you do discovery, um, uh, you know, you can – get information related to that, or if there's still uh, certain bank records that are not turned over and you think something's going on, sub subpoena his personnel file, you know, and, and find out what's going on. And then, you know, if he hasn't turned stuff over and you have to subpoena his personnel file, and then you, then you find out, oh, look, he's splitting or, you know, has a portion of his check going into, uh, going into this other account uh, every pay period, and he didn't turn that over, then, you know, you've got his, his credibility is now at issue. And I would make sure to, boy, I would have a field day with that in front of the court. You know, so. <laughs> right. right. So that Where is something. That, fishing expedition on. <laughs> Get the waiter, yeah, take the boat, let's go. You know. Yeah. Um, here's some other, here, here another, here's another question that pops up. Let's say you do this. You find this, it happens, and all, and all but every dime of liquid money is gone, gone, gone. Now what happens right. when we find out the marital estate has to be reconstituted by X amount of dollars, but there's no pot to pull the money from? Well, I mean, I guess there are two different questions there. If you say that there's no liquidity, that's one thing. But if there are no assets... That's another. I mean, if there's a way to make up for it with assets, then you just, you know, there are more assets that go over there. Maybe you basically walk out with, you got all the assets and the other person got all the debts. So there can be a trade-off on that kind of thing. You know, the other is you get a judgment. You know, you get a judgment against the other person and, um, you know, and then you have to go about trying to collect it, which in Texas is a pain in the butt. Uh, but you can, you can do it. And, um, you know, you can do it if there are if there are assets there. So you've got to you know then go down that road of what are and what are not exempt assets. So um, and that's just a you know that's a whole other thing. That's when it'd be a good time to you know bring a uh, bring a bankruptcy lawyer into into play and, and look at what you can do. So mm -hmm. there's a I mean there are all sorts of different ways that people will try to be spiteful try to hide that you know or try to hide that money so that someone's not going to be able to find it um you know people uh setting up trusts 
boats and different things and just and you know almost even offshore money like they'd hide it from everyone else you know so uh, always an right. interesting thing um you know so how do you how do you even if you're not getting what would you tell someone uh if they said i don't know if my husband or wife is cheating or not um i don't know if there's even an issue but i'm really uncomfortable having no earthly concept how much money is in the bank where the money is going sure. Um, you know, I want to, I want to know about that. You know, maybe they're just, cause other people are putting it in their head. All you need is someone at tennis to say, Oh, you know, you don't know how much money your husband makes or where that is. You know, you should go find out. He's might be doing this or that. I mean, how do you even have right. that conversation without having a blow up that turns into a divorce? Yeah. Well, that's a hard one to, that is a hard one to, to have. And that's where, you know, if you're a married couple and you've got questions about that, you ask, uh, uh, you know, you you ask your spouse to lay it out for you and let you see, uh, you know, pay stubs. I mean, they can go online and, you know, show you how much money they are making. Then it's real simple. Does what his take-home or what her take-home is meet up with what is being deposited into your joint account? You know, if it right. does, fantastic. You know that everything is peachy. You know, if it right. doesn't, well, then you got some some things to do and you know and things can be siphoned off you know a number of different ways i mean so so a lot of times in these types of cases what it takes is hiring a forensic accountant who you know can comb through all of the all of those finances to determine where's the money going and sometimes you know y'all just people can just be living above their means or um you know or maybe it's just, frankly, just a complete lack of understanding of how much money you're, you know, how much money is actually making at home. Because let's say that there are, you know, big investments into 401ks and pension plans that, you know, uh, you know, prior to your take home, you know, that can eat up a, a ton of money depending on what the investment strategy is there and and how much is being taken out. So, so there just a, there are a whole lot of factors. And what I would advise people is don't go jump into conclusions. But if they're, you know, if you're talking about a substantial amount of a substantial amount of money, you know, then you you need to make sure that you've you've got a lawyer who knows how to deal with that and has connections with you know, the right, the right experts, just like, you know, if you had a big, nasty child custody case, you want to make sure that you've got somebody who knows how to handle those and try those cases and bring in the right experts for, um, you know, for those types of cases. That, that's just what you've got to do. So I wouldn't, you know, tell someone if they've got $100,000 in assets and they're thinking that, oh, my gosh, I, I bet that he squirreled away uh, $5,000 somewhere, well, don't go wasting your money trying to find $5,000. You know, because right, you will exactly. throw good money after bad. You know, I'm well, talking about a substantial amount of money. So, well, and there are times too where you know people look at the sometimes the whole process of getting divorced is going to put both people at financially worse off positions. And I see some people going and getting their marriage, you know, a separation agreement, but not necessarily splitting everything. And you know, doing different. There are all sorts of different things that I see that I didn't used to see as much in many years past. But I think the one thing that might be an interesting thing to do is uh, create a whole new thing called a marriage audit, where you could go and have you know almost like do your discovery or you know sit down and have it all laid out. If we were to divorce today, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what would happen. 
um, and just overall, do we want to stay together? You know, almost like a, you know, we, we take our, our vehicles in for preventative maintenance and care. We take our kids in to mental health experts just to make sure they're okay. But we, we don't seem to do it with a marriage until there's a problem and people do marriage counseling. So maybe like counseling slash audits. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if you all stay together, here's the projected outcome. If, if it splits, here's what happens here. I mean, there's a, you know, there, there are so many new and interesting industries and uh, models and ways to approach all the things that we talk about on this and all the other shows that we do. So I guess at the end of the day, my suggestion is if you think your situation is just not, you know, no one's ever heard of this before, I would say call your divorce attorney. and Or if you don't have one, call one, call Mark, call Keely, ask him, hey, what, you know, what kind of uh, – what kind of situation am I am I dealing with here? Is this not? And I, and I bet that for everyone who thinks they're the only one who's had that situation, they're wrong because there's so many people and so many different things that can happen to folks. Um, but there's no such thing as a bad or stupid question. You're not bothering the law firm by calling and asking. You know what am I up against if I decide to do it? And sometimes it just going through that simple process and going and getting a good consultation, you just might decide to wait another year or I might decide to go ahead with it. But having the benefit of knowledge under your belt is always a good thing. Correct, Mark? Absolutely. Absolutely. Any follow-up on that? You know, the marriage audit is an interesting idea. Um, boy, you better make sure you're on good ground when you do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, speaking from someone who is on a second marriage, uh, you know, those are those are touchy ground. Hey, it's, honey, it's I want free tickets to this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All you need to bring is your beautiful self and your and your checkbook. You know, that's so right. uh, you know it, it is it is one of those things. It is an absolute fantastic idea in theory. I have questions about <laughs> practical application. But uh, but it is an interesting idea, and it is something that people ought to you know need to do. I mean, because there's a uh, there is a fear um, associated with that. So um, anyway, it is uh, all the time we have. (laughs) It's an interesting idea. Like I said, there's no. I always say there is no bad question, and uh, you know, even if sometimes. Things can be going really well with people, but everyone else's life is falling apart. And sometimes I think normal people wonder, well, how come I don't have any problems? Maybe I do have problems. And uh, maybe you go and you find out things are really okay and you should just be happy. Wouldn't that be great? There you go. All right, well, that's all the time we have. Uh, Until next time, uh, we will hope that everyone uh, has an enjoyable holiday season. We'll be back for a program in December. Until then, uh, Mark, you want to tell the folks at home, how they can get a hold of Rural Scroggins and ask all of their wonderful questions about uh, all of our topics and uh, anything else they want to know. You bet. You can always get a hold of me at uh, via email at mark at ruralscroggins.com uh, or call the office, 214-578-0941. All right. Until then, we will talk to you all next time. Thank you for uh, tuning into this program. And, again, please be so kind and hit that like button, hit that share button, because we never know who among our peer group, friends, family, or neighbors is having exactly the problems that we're talking about right now, and they don't say anything because they don't want people to know. It's always good to share this information. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.